0: Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other, get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined, and more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the show. This is uh, Jim White, uh, Saturday, July the 9th, coming to you live from Carmel, California. We have a fantastic show for you today. We're going to be discussing the economic impact of construction in California, the crumbling infrastructure in California, the California budget, federal highway bill, and the federal debt ceiling negotiations currently going on. So that's a lot of information to cover in one hour, right? Well, that's the reason this is first of six of a series that we're going to be doing on this subject. My special guest today is Emily Cohen, Director of Government Relations for Engineering and Utility Contractors Association in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her primary focus is to increase and stabilize funding for the construction industry improve the business environment for member contractors, strengthen the industry, improve the voice inside the industry in Capitol Hill, and encourage grassroots efforts and promote issues that are extremely important to the construction industry. Emily, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much, Jim. Happy to be here.
1: Tell us a little bit about the EUCA. Who is the EUCA? What is your mission? And, uh, and then we'll start digging into this topic. Uh, and we've got a lot to talk about, and the news are certainly giving us a lot to discuss today, especially in the past couple of days. So, first, a little bit about the EUCA.
2: Sure. Um, EUCA is the Engineering and Utility Contractors Association. We are Uh, a union-affiliated contractors association based out of the Bay Area. We're in San Ramon, California, but we represent uh, contractor companies all over the western part of the United States. We have about 450 contractor members and associated uh, industry firms. We do about 25 million man hours in California uh, every year, Uh, building California's roads, bridges, highways, uh, you know, our infrastructure system. Um, UCA is 40 years old, got started because uh, they didn't like the way some uh, associations were running. They wanted to represent themselves. Um, Started out very small, and today we are the largest uh, union-affiliated contractors association in the western part of the United States. We do. Uh, a, we're a full-service association, so we assist our contractor members in union and labor representation. Uh, we do lobbying and government advocacy for them uh, to create, you know, better business environment. We have industry-specific training programs and education programs for our contractors. Um, we provide networking for them, legal referral programs. Uh, we have state-of-the-art safety services. We really exist to create a better industry for our contractor members and the industry as a whole and that's that's what we set out to do
1: would it be safe to say that your members for the most part maybe be first second third fourth generation and as such true entrepreneurs
2: oh yeah i i think that i think that this industry is it's 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 hard to beat in terms of entrepreneurship and it, it, many of them are um second, third and fourth generation in the business. Uh, they've kept it going. They've had to progress. They've had to make changes to their businesses to survive in California and as infrastructure uh, has changed um and as the industry has changed. They've really kept it going, but they're struggling now because you know we haven't seen an economy like this in a long time, and the recovery is very slow. So, um, you know, contractors now more than ever, and in this industry, need to uh, be paying attention, making changes, following what's going on, and uh, you know, now more than ever, they need to be they need to be part of an association that um, mm-hmm. is progressive and forward thinking, and is and is working uh, with them on the next generation uh, of, of construction. Allow me to
1: set the stage, Emily, for our listeners in regards to the infrastructure concerns in California. Many of our listeners are international as well, so as I said in my introduction, this is first of a uh, series of six that we're going to be doing on this topic, Uh, the California budget, the uh, infrastructure concerns, uh, the federal budget. But, as our listeners around the world we can we can learn from lessons that we're experiencing here in california and and the rest of the United States so I'd just like to put things in perspective as to what your members in a lot of lot of ways they work on and i, I just want to give some um uh, statistics that is it comes from the Society of civil engineers sure. and uh, and 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 just take a look at the infrastructure itself. And this is a uh, survey that was done actually in 2009. It's the most current data because it is extremely complex to compile this data. But some of the key facts associated with California. And I want and to start off with they say that 69 of California's 1,247 dams are need in rehab to meet applicable. State safety standards: sixty-nine out of twelve hundred and forty-seven. Then they go on to say that fifty-nine percent of these high-hazard dams in California has no emergency plan, and a EAP is commonly referred to in the industry, in the predetermined plan of action to take in case something happens. Uh, We all are certainly familiar with the Katrina issues and all of these major uh, tornadoes and floods and all the things that's happened, so there's got to be a plan in place to deal with it when it comes. And the next, talk about the drinking water, the infrastructure needs, uh, projecting $27 billion over the next 20 years that needs to be spent in California alone. Right. And then California is number eleven in 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 the quantity of hazardous waste produced and is number one total of the hazardous waste producers in the state of california and then they go on to report that sixty eight percent of California's urban interstates are considered congested and I know that you just uh you and the uh, e u c a just did a wonderful piece on that recently and we'll talk about that a little bit more if you like and then sixty of all their major roads are in poor and mediocre condition. Now, based on that report, we're not short of need, are we?
2: No, we are are not. We are long on need, short on funding.
1: (laughs) Long on need, short on funding. So that brings us into what we want to talk about. What's going on? with the highway bill and explain that term if you will and leave so a lot of our listeners can really give a give a little history if you will
0: Certainly. and
1: what was just a, uh came out of uh Congress uh Mika's uh committee just the past couple of days so share what we mean by the highway bill and and, and how it all works
2: sure so i'll let me give a, a little history, history. so that'd be great and can can get some get a grasp of it uh in August of 2005, President Bush, President uh, George W. Bush, signed what is the the full title is the Safe, Accountable, Flexible, and Efficient Transportation Equity Act, a legacy for users. That's mm-hmm. a long title, and we call it Safety Lou. Um mm-hmm. And so Safety Lou authorized federal investment for um the highway, public transportation, and highway safety programs from fiscal year 2005 to 2009. And it provided total guaranteed funding of uh, $286.5 billion for the federal aid highway program, uh, 52, $52.6 billion for state and local transit programs, and um, $6.3 billion for the highway safety activities. Uh, But this bill expired in 2009, and it's been operating ever since on a set of extensions from Congress. So now we've reached a point where we need a multi-year federal highway reauthorization bill uh, and one that properly invests in our nation's infrastructure. And, uh, you know, anybody who's half awake and half paying attention knows that our federal government is in gridlock right now. And so in the meantime, you know, EUCA and other industry coalitions um, in California and around the country have really been uh, fighting hard to get a multi-year reauthorization bill passed so we can stabilize funding for the industry and then, therefore, stabilize the industry. Um, You know, the the trust fund, the safety loo has really been essential uh, to the success of our national transportation system because it ensures a reliable source of infrastructure funding for the states uh, and transit agencies, and, and it allows them to plan for large multi-year projects and, and, and create long-term jobs. So, you know, the same way that any functioning business needs to be able to predict what funds will be available for them and their businesses, so does our transportation industry. So does uh, California's Department of Transportation. We and, you know, and so do our contractors. We mm-hmm. can't operate on a day-to-day basis um, and adequately support uh, the private sector and our industry the, the, the way that we need to. So, you know, and, and that said, we, we're we very aware uh, that the members of Congress and, and President Obama are faced with a, an incredibly difficult and pretty grim task, Um you know and it's it's clear that the federal budget is being the the discussions around the federal budget are being dominated by by deficit reduction but um you know we and we expect our representatives to make tough choices and lean into it the same way that we've all had to lean into it particularly contractors but i think we have to remember and we have to remind congress that when you invest with a purpose like a highway reauthorization bill you are you are strengthening the nation and you're creating long-term private sector jobs uh, that help us recover and help us compete and you know with without proper investment and dedication to our infrastructure the united states economic stability and, and our potential for growth and even global competitiveness are at risk and and you know furthermore just common sense along with many studies tell us that our quality of life and our public safety are also at risk when we're not properly investing. So, um, you know, EUCA and other industry coalitions are really working hard to remind and educate Congress, you know, and the general uh, public that that investments in the nation's highways and our public transportation systems are a core federal government responsibility. Um, And, you know, for the good of our economy, Congress really needs to increase investment in our infrastructure. Now is the wrong time to cut back on infrastructure investment. Um, you know, I read a quote from uh, Senator Boxer, California's United States Senator, um, and and she said yesterday, she said something to the effect of, we cannot be the world's greatest economy if we can't keep people moving. And that is the truth. So, that's a little bit of history okay. and uh, I would you know say industry position on this, so yesterday mm-hmm. um so this show is good timing <laughs> yesterday Perfect timing. Uh, Congressman Micah, who is chairman of the uh, House Transportation Infrastructure committee, mm-hmm. announced a proposal that would authorize uh two hundred and thirty billion dollars um two hundred thirty billion dollars and it would be a six year surface transportation reauthorization bill um that is approximately uh thirty three percent one third uh cut of current spending levels so yeah that's
1: that's that's important if i may uh, just uh, get that that's in there you. I, you. I i i want i want you to drill down on that just a little bit more my favorite turn drill down on it thirty four percent reduction right thirty three percent yes approximately thirty three percent reduction <laughs> from when
2: uh from the from the uh safety loo, from the original okay. from the original bill that we've been operating on right. uh on extensions. Right.
0: So right. that was
2: the original uh two hundred and eighty six and a half billion dollars that was guaranteed funding and we've been operating on a set of extensions from that bill so it's essentially been the same appropriated <laughs> funding and now we wanted a new highway reauthorization bill rather than just extending safety loo. Uh, for short periods of time, we've been pushing for a a new bill uh, longer that is multi-year, but mm-hmm. a multi-year bill that is ill-funded is 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 not much help. So, so I, here I we agree. are. With, is, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I and I do want to say that Congressman Micah has has done a very good job of moving this bill through. That is knowing he has. People, I agree. Right. You know, in 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 Congress right now. Um so we commend him for that. But um but that's a tough pill to swallow. A 33% cut to an industry that really um you know our economy depends on right now. We are not wasteful spending. And um you know what every dollar you give to our industry um you know, goes out five times over, some, some studies show. And that's really important for this Congress, particularly the new Congress, uh, to understand. And that's really what we want the general public, what we want our contractors, um, and what we want our Congress to understand and what we're trying to educate them on.
1: And, and I would agree with uh, the, the benefits and uh, the most recent data from the census State of California alone, just from the construction industry, is going to employ approximately 354,000 people, generating over 18 billion dollars in payroll into the local economy. So this is a big deal.
2: Well, yeah, this is a, a huge a- deal. You know, California has the uh, largest highway program in the country, uh, in the, and, and then, as ho- hopefully we all know, the largest economy in the country. Um, we should have, we should have the, the best highway system, I would argue. But, I mean, the entire nation needs a functioning highway system. And right now it's in, it's in gridlock. And that has a tremendous impact on our national economy, our ability to move goods and products and people. Um, and, you know, I'd also add that it's much more expensive to rebuild crumbling infrastructure uh, than it is to just maintain infrastructure. And we've done a poor job of maintaining, you know, the same way that you don't, you know, you maintain your car. You don't wait until it completely loses, you know, until its engine breaks down or transmission. You maintain it so that you don't have to go through that. That's where we're at.
1: Emily, I realize we got a lot of stuff that came out of the uh, Senate and the committee uh yesterday. Have you had an opportunity to dig into uh, the actual uh, funding levels and the 34%? How are we going to pay for this thing? Where's the money going to come <laughs> from?
2: That's, that's a very good question. Um, you know, so over on – so that – Micah is the chairman of the uh, House Transportation Infrastructure Committee. Over on the Senate side, you have um, – that that's led by Senator Boxer. Um, she chairs the Senate Environmental and Public Works Committee, and she has been working on a proposal uh, since June, which would call for um, about $109 billion over two years and requires legislators to increase or redirect tax revenue by $12 billion. We don't know if they'll be able to reconcile these two bills. Clearly, there's a huge difference between them, you know, and we'll just have to monitor and keep everybody posted on what progress um we make with the members of congress and if they're able to reconcile these two bills but um you know we don't we don't know it's not uncommon unfortunately for uh the president or congress to ask for funding to be appropriated but they don't know how it they don't say where it will come from um in terms of the highway reauthorization, that comes from um, uh, federal, like gas tax, which is
1: right, 18. right.
2: 18. That's been that's been 18 cents, I believe since I I believe that has been since 1994. So clearly, you know, the buying power of that because it hasn't been increased. Um, the, the buying power has been decreased significantly. Um, so, you know, that, that's a big part of where it comes from. Uh, the IRS collects the federal fuel. Uh, it's an excise tax. It's 18 mm-hmm. cents, 18.4 cents um, on, on gasoline, and it's 24, uh, 24.4, I think, cents per gallon on diesel fuel. And that's d- deposited into the Highway Trust Fund, um, and about 85% of the, the highway trust fund revenues go to, go to a highway account and uh, are apportioned by the Federal Highway Administration, the FHWA, among the states uh, as federal matching funds for projects and uh, for the state highway system. So, and then the remaining 15% of those revenues will go to a transit account. And are allocated by uh, the Federal Transit Administration to regional agencies and local transit uh, providers in each state. So, um, you know, I'd say it's always a big fight when you ask the, about the formula. Right. There right, are what right. we call donor and donee states. Right. And within uh, Safety Lou, there was a provision that said that at least ninety-two percent of every dollar a state gives has to be returned to that state but you know, so that so California is a donor state meaning we give more money to the federal highway uh account or to the federal highway system I would say than we get back we lose 8 cents uh for every uh we lose 8 cents on the dollar and um that is a problem <laughs> when our, it, 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 our highway system is failing. And we want it, to do better. We're one of a number of states that uh, try to increase that and make that better. We, For every dollar we give, we want a dollar back. There's plenty of states that get more than a dollar back for every dollar we give. And uh, we're the largest highway system in the country. We think we should have a highway system that is working and functioning.
1: The gas tax alone... And, and well, uh, let, me, let me say it this way: when you're having conversation with Congress, let's say Senator Boxer, for example, okay. and I think personally she's do, she's doing a real good job for you know and and in, in that side. But when it comes to these discussions about California is huge, and we're losing eight cents or so. Where does the rub come in? Why is that hard to get that the at one time the eighth or the fifth largest economy in our infrastructure is the key to maintaining that? Where's the disconnect?
2: I I wish I had the answer. <laughs> um,
1: we're put you on the next ballot, you know, for that. I,
2: I'll, I'll really ask for a raise <laughs> if I can answer that question.
1: No. Um, so, if Mark's disconnect. listening, we can give him a heads up. You know, if you yeah, want a raise right. for this one, <laughs> right? Okay.
2: Uh, I'll send him this link if I can answer this. There question.
1: you go. There you and go. And
2: unfortunately, I can't. I you know I would. Say <laughs> for for me, you know, my opinion is that right. disconnect. Uh. Is with the people You know it's really easy to blame Your representatives But um, I would say By and large we don't have uh, A general population Paying enough attention to This issue Um, You know Our representatives will respond To what Their constituents Basically demand that they Respond to And uh if you think about it we have a freshman congress that came in um I would say largely you know on the on the on the tea party wave which is right. um you know their focus is on cutting the deficit and cutting government and um and while you know we we respect that, and, and certainly you know our deficit has gotten out of control, and that's dangerous for the country. Um, there are areas where we need to not just maintain funding, but increase funding if we want to um, really continue to strengthen and build our country, literally and figuratively. And so, uh, you know, somebody like Senator Boxer is 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 on board. Uh, probably in theory, with increasing the federal gas tax, um, but it's something that I think right now in the current uh, the political climate is incredibly unpopular in Congress, and it's unpopular with with the people around the country and in California. Unfortunately, I happen to think it. May, maybe I'm crazy, or you know naively optimistic, but I think if people paid more attention, knew the issues, understood how much of an impact this really does have on their daily lives, on their job, on the economy, they would be willing to raise uh, the gas tax. And, and so, I mean, that, that that's what I think.
1: <laughs> and, and I agree with what you just said, Emily, about people must get involved.
2: Must get involved. Yeah, and that's you know I'm de- I'm I'm dead serious. That's that's not a I mean that I mean I yeah that is the truth. When people get involved, a change happens positively or negatively. And I try to tell this industry, you know, because contractors and maybe I'm digressing a bit, but you know, contractors are builders. They're practicals. They're entrepreneurs. When there's a problem, they fix it. They see the change. It's common sense fair. Politics is not like that. (laughs) Right, right. You know, and so they get frustrated with politics, and I want them to know, and, you know, if you don't have a seat at the table, the conversation happens with or without you. And if our industry doesn't have a seat at the table, You know, there's only one pie, and we are fighting for a piece of that pie, and it will be distributed to everybody else at the table but us if we don't fight for it.
1: Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. And this is one of the things that we want to do. Like I said, this is first of a six-part series. We want to build a fire under every contractor, every person in our industry, to say, come on is get to the table, and you said it so beautifully, Emily, that if you don't show up, it's going to go on with or without you. Yeah. So we've got to get people, uh, I mean, constantly just flooding uh, Congress and your representatives and Senate and be relentless. Um, just, I want to digress also for a moment. I want to go back to the committee, uh, uh, Chairman Michael's committee, in California, we have what? Uh, Jeff Denham.
2: Jeff Denham, yes, he yes. Denham, who
1: else is on that committee? Gary Miller is he on that?
2: Gary from a Republican Miller side? is on the transportation infrastructure committee. Uh, Jeff Denham is a kind of a key member of that committee for California yeah. because he is um, a freshman member. Right. Of, he's a right. Republican and he is um on the transportation infrastructure committee right so um so he and how um, how how are we
1: how are we doing in order to talk into these uh, four members we got two republicans and two democrats on that committee right so yeah go I'm, ahead sorry
2: oh no i was just going to say we uh euca was back in washington dc in may right um we were with the uh American Road and Transportation Builders Association uh who we work closely with uh on federal uh advocacy issues they do a great job they're known as ARTPA. so we were back mm-hmm. there with them uh lobbying members of congress and most notably uh our california members of the TNI committee um right with uh chairman Micah, but he's from Florida but because he's the chairman he's a key member of ours. Right. Um we did have a chance to meet with uh Denham uh in his office. Uh, we met with mm-hmm. him of staff and I believe his you know one of his one of his policy advisors. Um you know D- Denham is um a conservative Republican um you know, believes in focusing on deficit reduction, and one of the things that he said to us was, you know, because of the economy, and we uh, shouldn't be spending more than than we have. Um, we need to be doing more with less. Um, you know, I yeah I, okay.
1: <laughs> I respect that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I respect that concept, but really, what we're concerned about is that what happens is you end up getting less. With less,
1: yeah,
2: and um, you can't cut an industry like ours by thirty percent or fifty percent, and then expect us to do more. There's just no strategy. There's no way to do that. Now, he's a big proponent of uh, 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 regulatory reform.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: that certainly makes a difference for our industry. uh we're really burdened with a lot of regulations that are just anti business cause prices to go up, cause projects to slow down but um but even that wouldn't um change the fact that when you cut funding from our industry we you know we end up doing less with less so we did mm-hmm. meet with him where you know he He listened, um, he's open, uh, but I think he stands where he stands. Now, next time he's um, back in the district for their summer recess, should they get one, um, we will uh, work to set up a meeting between him and uh, one of our contractor members in his district um, Mm -hmm. who's volunteered to show him a project, show him where the funding goes, how it works, how it creates jobs, how it builds our infrastructure, and... I would encourage anybody listening to do the same with your with your member of congress. Um you know don't assume that they know a lot when it comes to this industry and you know take them and show them um you know your job site and how it works because they will remember. Yeah and I also want to
1: add Emily that you know to to our listeners do not be afraid to reach out to these people. They work for you. We pay them. (laughs) They
2: work for you. That's that's the truth. I mean, EUCA, we really focus on connecting our uh, members to, to, uh, connecting our contractor members to their members, meaning their members of Congress, their state. Their their state assembly members. Um, That is a big priority for us. You know, EUCA holds dozens of um, uh, meetings, face-to-face meetings, lunches, dinners, um, with uh, our our state representatives, and we'll just bring in one or two, maybe three contractors, um, just so that they can really get to know our industry through our members, remember their faces, remember their names, right. where they're located, what kind of work they do. And that makes a difference. And you're absolutely right to say, do not be afraid to reach out to your representative. I mean, you
1: vote. They'll right. listen. Right, 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 right. Emily, we got to get a short break in, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about, and the time is just flying. That's the reason we need six hours of this. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about what the infrastructure bank, what that all means in the new, uh, or what it doesn't mean uh, to the state of California. And also we're going to touch briefly on, And I say briefly because we could spend another year talking about the California uh, budget. So 20 seconds, and we'll be right back.
0: Inspiring excellence in people. You're listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio with your host, Jim White. Now back to our show.
1: We're back. Infrastructure bank, what is it? Why does it matter? And does California have one?
2: So um on the federal level there is a proposal for a um I don't know if you if you're aware but a national infrastructure bank.
1: I am hmm
2: Governor right. Rendell of uh Pennsylvania and former Governor Schwarzenegger of California uh headed up um a coalition that really were Large proponents of a national infrastructure bank, and it is, essentially, this would be a bank that focused on um, giving loans uh, to uh, our nation's infrastructure system. Um, California uh, has an infrastructure and economic development bank. Um, I you know I'm not I'm not really sure how much of an impact this has. On our uh, infrastructure system, um, but you know it has extremely broad uh, statutory powers to issue revenue bonds. It makes loans. It uh, provides credit enhancements for uh, a wide variety of our infrastructure um, and economic development projects and other government purposes as well. So. Um, I think it has about $32 billion in various financing. And, um, you know, it's important to uh, how we get work out and uh, maintaining the funding for bonds, getting bonds out. So, you know, that's how it works in California.
1: Yeah, and and, and I think the California Infrastructure and Economic Development Bank that put in there, I think they got a ceiling of about $10 million dollars Sealant uh, on on their projects. I, I think that's correct. And with that, it's uh, the intent's there, but it, I, I don't think it's uh, got enough teeth yet, uh, right? To, re- to really be effective.
2: Not uh, where it not where it could be. <laughs> but yeah. We, you know. So yeah.
1: I was, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, no. I, I I was just gonna say that. You know what's really important in California when it comes to investing and uh infrastructure and economic development, for example, and, and stabilizing that funding would be something like uh, you know, the the Prop one B bond that was passed back in two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. That that allocated, you know, which the people of California voted for and that allocated uh about twenty billion, it was nineteen point nine billion, I believe, to fund projects that would relieve congestion and facilitate uh the good movement in California. Um and so we really relied on that funding, uh uh to date and we do expect uh, a bond sale uh this year and um you know we really work to get that funding out the door.
1: hmm Well would you like to talk about California's budget?
2: Oh, who wouldn't like to talk about the <laughs> California budget? Yeah.
1: Ah, twenty five billion dollars upside down. Is that the number? Is that the that's the current number?
2: Well I the current number should be zero.
1: <laughs> because
2: mm-hmm. we we started out with <laughs> budget with a deficit. Uh California was in the whole uh, about twenty six billion dollars. Uh, when Governor Brown came into office. And so there's been um, incredible gridlock in California's state capital related to the budget. This is really nothing new, unfortunately, for California. We have a very, uh, very partisan uh, legislature. And that creates a lot of gridlock uh, for our state, particularly when it comes to getting the budget out the door. With some of the newly voted uh, propositions, California uh, can now pass a budget with a majority, but we cannot pass a budget that increases taxes or fees without a two-thirds vote of the legislature. Um, So we need some Republicans to vote uh, we, we would need a, uh, Republicans to vote for a budget that included increasing fees or taxes uh, or even tax extensions in, in the case of this last budget, and they um, were lockstep in not in being unwilling to do that. So we have um, a budget that was passed that involves, uh, I believe it's about $12 billion in cuts. Right. Um, and it's kind of a unique situation how it will work. Um, this budget will rely on, and I, I don't want to encourage other states to do it this way, but um, $4 billion in projected revenues. Right. What that means is if So that's how they balanced the budget and got it out and got it signed with a, you know, majority vote and then the the governor's signature. Um, The first round of the budget, the governor vetoed within less than 24 hours of the Democrats giving him the budget. He vetoed it, and our state controller uh, stopped payment to our state legislators uh, because of a proposition we passed that if they don't get a budget out that is fair and legitimate, we won't pay you, and we won't pay you back once you pass a, pa- uh, pass a new one. So this new budget um, was, you know, is, is more legitimate, and it's a, a fair budget that actually balances the budget, but it does rely, like I said, on $4 billion in projected revenues to California. And if that revenue doesn't come in, then uh, what's known as trigger cuts, or what we're referring to as trigger cuts, will set in. And we will cut uh, pretty dramatically from um, the bigger pots, uh, including our U.C systems, um, our mm-hmm. university systems, uh, public safety. so: um,
1: Where's the projected four being coming from? Oh, a-
2: from from taxpayers.:
1: Yeah, I, tax- just wa- <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that people really understood that.
2: From uh, say that taxpayers.
1: Again? I just Tax wanted to taxpayer. make sure so that people is- understood that the four BM was coming from us.
2: Yes, yes Tax well, the state is projecting that Californians will essentially make more and then be able to con- and then therefore contribute more to California's general fund through mm-hmm. their taxes. So that is a long shot. Uh, It is
1: a huge long shot. It's a long
2: shot, but I would say that um, in California our industry fared pretty well, all considering. Uh, We maintained Mm -hmm. uh, the funding
1: Mm
2: -hmm. for our industry and we even got a bit of an increase, a slight increase. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know, there there is a recognition in California from both Republicans, I think, and Democrats that this state can't recover if we don't protect uh, the infrastructure industry and our road-building uh funding. You know, we are the largest job-providing, uh, or at least in the private sector, we're the largest job providers in the state, both directly and indirectly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so they I need a the recognition of that, um, you know, and, and, and we do. We commend Governor Brown for, you know, the industry has to commend Governor Brown for his work on this budget. It was his sole focus. It was a tough job. You couldn't pay me all the money in the world to take that. Well, maybe all the money in the world, but
0: yeah. not for his
2: <laughs> not for what he makes, to do uh, to try to take on this budget
1: huge no. job and i think and i agree with you i think he's done i think he's done a good job but it it's just just absolutely huge undertaking um so you know and
2: I, I just would add that the the budget as related to our industry um getting the budget passed allows california to move forward and sell bonds uh, that are needed to yep. fund uh, prop uh, prop 1b and other projects and so it you know the full amount of prop 1b that was uh, appropriated uh, during budget negotiations by the uh, legislative subcommittees, um did get through in the budget bill and it also included uh two hundred and sixty two million in Prop one A appropriations, uh mm-hmm. which is our high speed rail bill. Right. So um
1: Which is a extended show at another time on the high speed rail, I know, that's right? right.
2: That's a whole nother that's a whole nother show, but I can Right. You know, comment however you'd
1: like. So um Yeah. You know, yeah we, it's uh it's it's if I think about and if we look at all of these numbers and as uh the president right. and uh, senior leaders are at work dealing with the debt ceiling issues as well, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have our California budget and then we have Uh, All these issues. Then I was just struck when I read an article from the chief executive magazine recently Mm -hmm. where they on an annual where they uh, rate the best and worst states for business. Yeah. And we're number 50. We're we're the we're the
2: worst. Meaning, in other words, we're number one on the list of worst places to do business.
1: That is correct. Yeah,
2: I also think it's our third year on that list. Correct. Um, You know, California is an awesome place to live, and um, you know, we're referred to as the Golden State and it's a beautiful state. It has beautiful weather. And look, you're in Carmel right now. I don't need to tell you this, but um, but somewhere along the way, California became almost anti-business. Right. Um, in Sacramento, it's as though there's a resentment uh, towards businesses, and. This is a difficult pill to swallow when you are a contractor, for example, because in California you are just bogged down in red tape. Right. I mean from a you know, you're a small business or a medium-sized business or a large business, but you're also you deal with environmental issues I mean, there's just so many regulatory issues. Um, and I do think that that is the result of a legislative majority that just really lacks an understanding of what it takes to run a business. Mm-hmm. You hear that cliche, uh, you you don't understand business till you've met a payroll. Right. Really, that's the truth.
1: It is it, the truth.
2: It, it, from, from, I think, from a... Uh, From a perspective of of a legislator, a policymaker that's never uh, run a business on their own or maybe even it's been decades since they've worked in the private sector as an employer or an employee, they forget or they're really disconnected from how important the private sector is. I mean, we fund Sacramento. We pay their salaries. You can't be a strong functioning uh government without a strong I would argue without a strong functioning private sector most notably uh the construction industry.
1: I I, I couldn't agree more and it goes back to an earlier comment that uh, I made about not being afraid to reach out to your uh Congress and Senate the same is true here in your district and and in Sacramento uh and, and when we walk into those massive halls, most people are in awe. Oh, man, I'm in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Well, you own Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So walk yeah. in there and uh, and be, be respectful, be professional, be knowledgeable, but mm-hmm. be relentless and persistent as to what we want for this great state. And I think that's one of the many messages that we can give to our listeners today. What do you think of that?
2: I mean, I absolutely agree. And I think that um, our legislature, and I'll just speak to California specifically, will not have an understanding of this industry without our industry Knocking on their doors and meeting with them. Now we do that, you know, full time, we, UCA, huh? Right. um, Right. Knowing a lobbyist and I do that, and we are constantly meeting with them and and basically telling our story. Um, But contractors have to get involved with their representatives. You need to know your representative by their first name, and they ought to know you by your first name. And they should know what you do. They should know how many people you employ. They should know why your work is so critical uh, to our economy. And, you know, I think people just close their eyes, cover their ears, and hope and pray that their representative or up in Sacramento, that they will figure it out. Well, they will somehow, some way, but it may not include you. may not include our industry. Right. So, you know, I, I really agree with you, and I, I can't say that enough to, um, you know, to our industry or to any industry out there. Mm-hmm. Sit mm-hmm. up, pay attention, get involved. It's not scary. You'd be amazed at how little they actually know <laughs> and how unintimidating <laughs> the process actually is. You know, the process of the people, like anything else.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and it's amazing. And your membership, you've got some of the top contractors in the country that belongs to your association.
2: We do. EUCA has um, a number of contractors, uh, I mean, that are large contractors and do work all over the country. We also have, um, you know, the majority are smaller and medium-sized. Uh, construction companies to us, you know, they're equal in our eyes. Um, right. And right. one is not more important than the other, I think, when it comes to um, our economy and the general principles of building a better business environment um, for this industry and uh, for the country. So we do have uh, a larger contractor members, we have granite construction mm-hmm. silver right. gates um, uh flat iron and top yeah. tray. um right down to um small you know we have OC Jones that's another large one and um Rob Lane is EUCA's 2011 president but our Mike past-
1: Gelati, you got gelati
2: Oh, we have Gelati. See, now I'm going to get yeah. myself in trouble because I'm going to start naming. I know, some I know, not we, we, I'm we, get a phone I know. We, <laughs> Why, know. You, why are you named
1: Gelati brothers? Gelati. Yeah. Gelati. So, and for the other people that uh, we're not naming, forgive us. There's no intent there. But we're just talking about uh, bringing awareness and where I was going with this and to open this uh, this worms up a little bit. That the leadership of these member organizations, they're sophisticated they 're smart and it 's not the same as it was forty years ago that a bunch of dumb contractors we got some smart, intelligent folks running these industry, uh, running these businesses today that will will uh, get your representative attention if you will get involved
2: absolutely so. and i'm actually really glad you make that point because that is a really crit- that's a key point is that um You know, this industry is an advanced industry. And, uh, like, you know, EUCA is a union-affiliated contractors association. The work that our contractors do and that their employees perform is uh, dangerous. You're working with heavy equipment. It's advanced. It's difficult. I don't want to do it. And, um, you know, and they produce, they do projects, you know, that are, hundreds of millions of dollars, um, you know, and and downward. But your legislator, your representative wants to hear from you. When we were back in D.C., you know, we needed, quite frankly, more highway contractors with us back in D.C. And if you can't make it, send a representative. You know, our contractors need to recognize their livelihood is based off of federal highway reauthorization in so many ways. Get your company out there. Send somebody to explain that to a congressman. They will listen to you.
1: I I couldn't agree with that more, Emily. uh, Back in March, I believe it was, I was involved with the Associated Equipment Distributors doing the same thing. They're flying in and trying to get the allied industry, the construction uh, equipment dealers and manufacturers and contractors and all together. But, you know, we had like ten people to show up but mm-hmm. yet they're gonna sit here and complain about everything and that, you know and you can tell that like, get a little passionate about this. Mm-hmm. Come on.
2: But Charlie, <laughs> right, I game. think if you're involved in the process you it's very easy and normal to get frustrated because you see and understand the problem and the problem is People aren't paying attention. And it's easy to throw stones from the sideline. We need our contractors to get in the game. Right. And that means going back to D.C. with the UCA. That means meeting with your representatives. That means getting involved in our government advocacy program, shooting a letter to your representative when we send you an alert. I mean, we make it very easy for our contractors to get involved. And, you know, to be honest, it's getting better. Um, they're, they, I, I think are, they are starting yeah. to realize that with such a tough economy and little sign that this is going to be ending anytime soon uh, the silver lining in that is that they are sitting up they are paying attention they are getting more involved slowly but surely
1: and, and I, I think that's right with the contractors I talk to I'm, I'm, I'm getting that sense and, um, and, and, the, and the good work that you guys at EUCA does is uh, certainly a uh, support but remember you're just a small group of people, and you can't do it all, so it takes all of us and and that's when I wanted to come out with this series once again and said it's just awareness now are we am I the only radio talk shows that talk about the economy and that's absolutely not however, it's a different voice uh we're we're approaching it from a different place, which is take action, it shows some leadership, it's get involved, and it's Absolutely, be relentless in talking to your representatives and in Sacramento as well. Yeah. And the remaining time that we 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 have, and uh, and, and we're going to come back with another show. We're going to dig into the um, budget a little bit more, but in minute or less. And I know this is not fair, but bear with me. Um, how does uh, Prop Twenty Two and Twenty Six? Kind of stand up in this budget thing here. Can you you speak to that? And if not, sure, understand. A or
2: less. Okay. So um, yeah, I, I know. Will, I know. I will promise to provide more information to you and the listeners on 22 and 26 on EUCA's website and your website. So if they want okay. more information, they can find it really easily. But essentially, yeah, okay. Prop 2 protects gov- the government from raiding um, designated funding. hmm Prop so I'm trying to do this in the middle <laughs> Prop twenty six mm-hmm. okay. says that California uh the California legislature cannot pass a budget uh without two thirds a uh, budget that includes fees or taxes without two thirds of the legislature um without two thirds of the legislative vote. So it makes mm-hmm. it very difficult to pass um a budget that includes raising revenue. Mm-hmm.
1: Good. You did that. <laughs> you did that wonderfully. So wonderfully.
2: Two prohibits the state from borrowing or <laughs> Our industry Prop 26 makes it very hard to raise revenues. So there you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 26 uh, as we go forward, I want to like I said drill down on that a little bit more because commonly referred to as the uh, fuel tax swap, and that's very complex. And I know all of these. Things that we're throwing out here today, for the listener they are complex subjects. But uh, we just bringing an awareness to the need for everybody to be become educated on these these topics. Uh, right. So we, can, when we do have an opportunity to speak to a representative or our or, or local uh, assembly in, uh, in Sacramento, we can talk intelligent about these matters. Mm-hmm. And then they say, "Who? They're informed, so they're right. going to listen to you." Uh, and, and that's some of the issues that uh, I think has occurred. Uh, which I'll open up a can of worms, and we'll come back and visit that over the carb regulation, how the industry kind of approached that a little bit. And uh,
2: yeah.
1: So with 90 seconds left, uh, recap anything? The parting words what would you What would you like for people to get and uh and I might add emily you've you've done a wonderful job, shared a lot in it and very complex and I threw a lot of things at you, just kind of all over the board, but you did a wonderful job, thank you for that so departing time, what would you like to leave our listeners with
2: you know i I want our um you know anybody listening, our listeners and in our industry to understand um that when they take the time to get involved and know what's going on and educate themselves about their own industry, their own economy. I mean, even if you are not in this industry, you are impacted greatly by the construction industry. And, uh, you know, your job very likely relies on our industry. And when it comes to things like safety, Lou, when it comes to things like California's budget and gridlock, things don't change. Uh, if people aren't paying attention. And if they do change and you're not paying attention, it's generally for the worse. So, you know, we EUCA, wonderful.
0: continue wonderful. to
2: advocate for the industry and, um, you know, yeah.
1: wonderful. People.
2: Yeah, wonderful.
1: Thank you, thank sure. you for that. I, I, I want to part, I want to thank Emily, uh, the EUCA. And all the listeners have being with us today. Like I said, this is the first of a six part series, so join us next Saturday for part two. Until then, make it a great day and a great week.
0: You've been listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website, jlwhiteinternational.com. Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's. Circle of Success Radio.